Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, November 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so, so happy to see Carter Hart get that shut out. Yeah, it was fun to say. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. Keep up to date on all our episodes, Flyers news, so much good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game versus the Arizona Coyotes and then get into our mailbag. Lots of good questions today. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. Subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So the Flyers won three to nothing. A shutout, like I said, from Carter Hart, who basically saved our bacon in this game. Uh, that score does not, I think, adequately reflect what happened during this game but uh, what's your overall take I mean the overall take is like a win to win but um, I felt like after the first period that the way the Flyers played a step slow Arizona getting to the loose pucks first that they gave Arizona a lot of confidence playing on the road and then second period it even got better uh, you know Hart was lucky because there was a post I guess on a Barrett Hayton deflection maybe it was on Hayton and it didn't go in. So that was like, okay. They started off the third better. It took a little while. Uh, the play Couturier made, I, I think it was on Andrew Ladd, that he saw that uh, he could beat him. And, and I think it was connected that connected on the pass. That was just a smart play, right? You look on the other side, you know there's a guy who's not fleet of foot. And, and you, get, you go towards the net. Really good play. Really, that changed the game. Uh, Lawton's line played a really good game. Certainly his goal was a big deal. So in the end, uh, you know, Karel Vegmelka, not a household name, had a really good game. And, and Arizona played a good road game. And the Flyers, you know, they still have some work to do. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the power play that was failing. Yeah, so first I want to talk about a couple of things that we talked about on yesterday's show in terms of what they had to do in order to win this game or not do. And the first thing is that we said they shouldn't play down to the competition. And I'm not sure that they actually played down to the competition in this game because I thought Arizona had a better game than they have had in some of their previous efforts this season so far. But that being said, they certainly played to the level of the other team, whether that was a higher level than they normally played or not. You know, it's neither here nor there. They didn't, like, play like they were the better team. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to the net. They weren't uh, pushing the play. That's all true. And then the other thing we said, uh, which they did do, impressively so, we had they, uh, we said they had to stay out of the box, and they did. Zero penalties. They did, and, and Elaine Vigneault was very happy about that. So that was that's a big plus. That's going to be a bigger plus going forward when you start playing some of the tougher teams. Yeah, I'm exceedingly pleased with that. 
Now, the other side of special teams was the power play. And we talked about on yesterday's show with the new setup and Atkinson getting moved to the power play one unit and then Yandel getting moved to the second power play unit. Second unit didn't get much time at all in the few power plays that they did have. So it's hard to really evaluate them. So I'm not going to try to do that. But what did you think of that first unit? The problem with the first unit, and I was speaking to other people in the um, in the press box, the really the problem is like Yandel's very um, creative there. And everything's fluid, and he doesn't have to do much thinking. Broveroff makes good passes, but he has to do a little more thinking, so it takes a little more time. And then when you start getting to the point where the power play starts to struggle a little, then he starts to not know where to go with the puck, and that's when everything sort of slows down. They've got Drew out of position. I don't love it. I didn't love it when we talked about it then. I don't love it when I see it in action now. I get that Yandel had a couple bad games, but at the end of the day, you brought him in here to do that. And if he's not doing that, he, he, what's he doing on the ice? He's not getting enough ice time to make a difference for anything else. And if he's getting 12, 15 seconds on the end of a power play, to me, it's just not utilizing the player. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I thought that your point about the creativity was spot on because you just watch Provy and he would he was stationary. And that was the thing. A lot of good passes were happening, but everybody on that unit wasn't moving around and creating open lanes for good shots to yeah, get nobody through. Nobody was crossing they, over. Yeah, nobody no, was doing any of that. Arizona had the easiest job for the majority of those power plays because they just basically also had to stay stationary and just wave their sticks back and forth to choke up the lanes and then you know maybe every so often they would make a move to go net front but overall yeah I was not thrilled with that setup I hope they either they have to either have to work on it more (laughs) or go back to what they were doing before honestly with the games they have coming up go back to the old one you don't want to struggle on the power play against these two next teams no that is a Also a very good point. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the fourth line since we talked a lot about them on, you know, previous episodes. And I actually thought they were pretty solid this game. They were. I didn't see any problems. I actually thought they were solid. Aubrey Cabell had a good game. The the thing that was bothering me early in the game was Vigneault was actually lining up his first line against their fourth line and their <laughs> the first line was not winning the battles, but that eventually got better. But that was a little worrisome actually. <laughs> you mentioned the third line having a good game. Um, I absolutely agree. You know, obviously Lawton's goal, that was my highlight of the game because it sealed it. And I thought it was a good reward for the effort that the line had been putting forth for most of the game and Oscar Limblom, man, he is so close. He is so close. It is. Oh, I, I want this for him so badly. Yeah. The coach does. He's talking about it every press conference. I agree. My highlight for the game is the Couturier goal because he really was just super smart on that play. And then at the end, he passed it to Giroux for the empty net. He had the empty net. He could have got, you know, gotten the goal too. And he passed it up like that's selfless play. That's terrific. 
Yeah, he joked about it in the post-game presser where he's like, "Uh, I already had two empty net goals early this season. Figure I pass one over to G, let him have one. That's funny. He is such a happy-go-lucky guy. Like, that that's great stuff. Like, it's just good that he could be that loose and just love the game that much, and, and that's terrific. Yeah, I absolutely love that about Couturier. Uh, was there anything else in this game that stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, look, the um, the play with Vegmelka, the uh, the goal that didn't happen. I mean, he did have the goal, uh, the puck frozen. I get that there wasn't a whistle. So now everybody and, and you know, there were people talking about it in the press box, too. But most everybody understood it was the correct call. Uh, maybe they didn't do it correctly, but they did huddle up. And A.B. explained it after the game that, you know, the other three guys said, hey, he did have it frozen. The whistle should have happened, sure. And I get that you're supposed to play to the whistle. Yes, that's true. But you still shouldn't get a goal that you're not supposed to have. And at the end of the day, it was frozen, and and it was the right call. I get why Flyers fans got mad, and maybe some people were questioning it, but I had no problem with it. And I knew right away it was going to be a stop because I could see it on the first replay. Yeah, I think the majority of people were just questioning the process of how it played out and there there was no whistle and that they seemed to just retroactively negate the goal even though it was the right call in the end I I think it was just a confusing series of events yeah there's no question it was confusing and that's just the way it went and even I guess even the way the second period ended like the Flyers were starting to get a flurry and it just I don't know I didn't get Sometimes you can't look and sync the green light with the game clock. And it just seemed like it was out of sync to me. That could be just me, but it it seemed like the game clock probably still had a second or two when the green light went on, but I'm not sure. Well, we will let that conspiracy theory lie. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just something I thought I saw. That's all. I'm not going any further with it. All right. Well... Maybe not in convincing fashion, but like you said, a win's a win, and we will absolutely take it. And we will come back with our mailbag. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash NHL, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. That's shopify.com slash locked on NHL. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. 
One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. Or go to a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at the family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. I'm not sure about that, but family gatherings are family gatherings. <laughs> Maybe Aunt <laughs> Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. There will be new surprises all month and with limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often and there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off Built.com. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your podcasting platforms. Okay, Russ, it's mailbag time. We've got some good questions. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about some of these things. Uh, first question comes from our friends, the Content Boys, over at Locked On Sharks. So is Martin Jones good now? You know, I feel like this is like West Side Story, the Sharks against the Jets. And I guess I'm on the Jets. I mean, Martin Jones had two good, two good outings. I, I can't say he's good now. I have to see more. I, I have to see that he's not giving up that first goal on the first shot. I have to see now. The, look, the the save that he made with his face that was fantastic. Let's see. Let's see. I, I need to give it five to ten games before I even comment. Yeah, I'm where you are on that, that I want to wait. Two games is not a big enough sample, but I'm encouraged by how he's approaching his gameplay, that maybe he has at least learned something or regained some ability that maybe he had lost in the last couple of years. But again, cautiously optimistic. (laughs) Yes, and I think that's the right way to be. I covered him in the Stanley Cup, and that was the height of Martin Jones. It was. So I get it. All right, next question. Uh, in honor of playing against Shane Gostisbehere in last night's game, which of the former Flyers from this season's off-season moves that are now elsewhere are thriving the most on their new team? So what do we got? We got Michael Roffel on the Stars. We've got Jake Voracek on the Blue Jackets, Ghost on the Yotes, uh, Phil Myers on the Preds, Nolan Patrick is in Vegas, and Robert Haig with the Sabres. Is that all of them? I mean, that's the the big ones. I mean, it's yeah. hands down Jake Voracek. Like, I don't think any of us thought Jake Voracek would stop scoring or stop getting points. Maybe we didn't realize that Patrick Laine would get his stuff together, and now playing alongside him, you know, he was up to seven assists the other day. So that's all great. But in the end, Jake still had to leave the Philly market. It, it was enough. I think it was enough with fans with him, with him with fans. I just think that's the way it is. It just ran its course. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of it just being the best move for him and for the Flyers, even though we still love him as a person, right? Yeah, but, he's a great guy. So I'm going to just pick a different answer. So there's another one here. And I'm going to say <laughs> Michael Roffel on the stars. I am so pleased for him. He seems to be fitting in really nicely there. I think he's got three points so far this season and he seems to be, you know, hovering around the third line 
there, which is, again, really good for him. I think that's a good solid spot. And the Stars are a fun team to watch. And so I'm glad he's a part of it. Yeah, he's a versatile guy and a really good team guy. So it's a good answer. All right, next question. Russ, do you still stick with your season prediction of Joel Farabee as the top goal scorer at this point, knowing what we know now? And then how many goals do you think he or the top goal getter this season scores? I still stick with it because I'm very stubborn and I believe in Joel Farabee. I'm going to go with 36 goals. That was a very precise and very quick answer (laughs) to that number (laughs) of goals. I think that Cam Atkinson might give him a run for his money, but ultimately, I think you still could be right here. I definitely think the top goal scorer for the Flyers are going to be in the 35 to 40 range. Like, I just don't see anybody getting more than 40 (laughs) this season. Yeah, that's where I drew the line. I was with you. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, 40 is too much. But Atkinson could certainly be that guy. There's no question. Yeah, like 35 seems reasonable for some at least somebody yeah. on the Flyers to get. But I went 36 because I thought the same thing and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go one beyond that just because. <laughs> very smart, very smart. Okay, next question. Does Nikabe Kubel stick in the lineup or do you think he will sit for extended periods this season? No, I think he'll sit for exterior pen uh times this season. I think he's sticking for now, and depending on who's ready to come up next, if he makes some mistakes, then I think there'll be some sitting time. I I could see him being up and down in that lineup. Yeah, I hate, you know, being or getting so much in the weeds about the fourth line on this team, just because, like, in the grand scheme of things, are they that important? No. To the coach, they are, though. It, 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 I, I, I argue it, if it, we weren't dealing with an Elaine Vigneault team, we wouldn't be spending this much time on the fourth line. That's just my feel, my theory, theory about it. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point there in terms of how Elaine Vigneault tends to use a fourth line and what he wants out of it. I just feel like there's so many different guys up in the air. And we talked about this, you know, previously on the last few shows about what they're trying to do there with this fourth line and all of those waiver pickups and and what's going on there in terms of what's the ideal personnel to put out there. And in an Alain Vigneault system, I think NAK at his best is perfect for it. But the problem is he has not been at his best. Right. And I don't think there's anybody else that they currently have that does what NAK does when he's doing it well, if that makes any sense. No, that does. That makes perfect sense. So I am hopeful that he can pick things up a bit and provide that role because I think it's very important. And especially, like you said, in AV's system, I think he's necessary for it to be successful, especially with the matchups that AV likes to put out there, you know, as far as, you know, competition against particular opponents. But yeah, I just I wish we didn't have to spend this much time thinking about the fourth line, but we do. <laughs> yeah, I agree. One more question this segment. Will the Flyers end up in the top 10 in the NHL on either special team stat? Uh, that's percentage success rate on the power play or the PK. Just for reference right now, the Flyers are 11th in the power play and 20th in the PK. I'm going to say no for the PK because I don't know 
what the health will be with Ryan Ellis this season. I don't know how many games he's going to miss. I don't know if he will be in and out of the lineup as a result. And without knowing that, I don't think I could take them with good conscience being in top 10 for PK. For power play, yes, I do think they can can make it there. I don't think they'll be in the top five, though. No, I don't think so either. I, I think you're spot on. I think they'll hover in like the 8 to 10 range in the power play. They'll be maybe mid-league, like 15th, 16th on the PK when all is said and done. Yeah. So I just think that's what the Flyers are right now, unless they go on some amazing streak on the power play that we are not aware of that they have the capability to do. But I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I just think it's realistic. Well, I'm certainly not going to put money down on either of those things because I am very risk averse. But there are other things that I would bet on. And the best place to go for that is Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball season. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Russ, we have some more good questions here that I am very curious what you think about these answers here. First off, have any of your predictions changed about who might make Olympic squads from the Flyers? Well, I, I guess the first obvious one is that they're wondering about Carter Hart. I still don't know if Carter Hart's worked his way onto the Olympic team. That's not to say he's having a bad season. I just don't know if they're looking at him that way. I haven't really made any predictions about it, and I still think it's kind of early to start making predictions about it, but I just figured this question was sort of centered around that. The rest I have to really look at because I have to look at who's available at that time, who's injured around that time. I just think it's a little premature. Yeah, I've said this before. I really think the only one that's a lock is Provorov for Team Russia. Yeah, But I think the Carter Hart question is really interesting because, you know, before the season started, I would have said definitely no. And now I'm sort of thinking, well, maybe they put him in that third goalie slot. So he's not really playing, but he's getting the international experience and playing mm-hmm. around those guys. You know, I, I don't see them leaving him off the possibility list at this point for just for that slot. I wouldn't think he would be the top two. But just to show you how fluid it is, In the offseason, some people were saying yes for Bennington, no. And I'd say right now, the way he's playing, he's probably the number one. No, I think you're you're right. Which, you know, again, would not have expected that, right? No. Well, I will be curious to see how all of this unfolds as we get closer and closer to the Olympics and the naming of of the full squads, uh, just because... It's uh, it'll be an interesting Olympics, I think, overall, given everything that's going yeah. on in the world. OK, next up, which Flyers player is most likely to be in a season and awards conversation? I could see 
Uh, when Kevin Hayes gets back, if he has a good year, that may be the Masterton for him, based on what he's been through. Um, I would think as a voter for that, I could get some people behind that. So I'm going to say him. And then I don't really think there's an MVP candidate. As good as Cam Atkinson is doing, there's some guys that are just McDavid, like, forget it, right? They're different stratospheres. I don't think there's, you know, a Norris. I don't think there's a Vezina. Katori is always going to be in the conversation for the Selkie, but I don't, I think it's a little early for that one. So, but I'm going to go Kevin Hayes, Masterton. Yeah, that's a, a good one. You know, I hate that sometimes that award turns into like the who can overcome the most I know. pain said. I think that, you know, that's kind of what the award is about right now. And I think you're right. If he gets back out on the ice and has a solid season, um, I mean, he's certainly somebody that the, the league would rally around. Next up, which team outside of the Flyers has surprised you the most so far this season? And do you think it's sustainable? I guess it could be in a bad way, too. <laughs> right. I, I think I think I'm going to go in a bad way. And right now, I guess I'll go with the Canucks. Uh, I thought they'd get out of the gate better. I didn't know. I, I did say I didn't know um, what OEL's contract would be like this year and going forward he started off the year hot you know obviously it's not enough at the moment I like Demko there's guys I like in that team Quinn Hughes but they're just the whole sum of the parts isn't working right now we're only you know nine ten games in but I'd have to say I'm surprised that they're not in the thick of it yeah it is weird I kind of I mean I didn't expect them to win the division or anything but I, I sort of expected them to be solidly in like that three slot yeah in the division, and that just hasn't materialized. They're very discombobulated, so uh, that's not a bad answer there. I think for me, it's I just have to go obvious and say the Sabres. I mean, come on. <laughs> With all the drama going on there, and Eichel's not even playing, and they seem to have a ragtag lineup of people that nobody has ever heard of, I think this is a pretty good start to the season for them. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I definitely don't think it's sustainable. I think they'll come back down to earth once, uh, you know, division rivalries heat up. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is the end of today's mailbag. And uh, get your questions in for the next time around. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. No particular link, but just reminding everybody that this weekend is the Gritty 5K uh, it's not too late to sign up. You should do it. It's a lot of fun. I will be doing it remotely and I'm excited to do that as well. Now, let me ask a question. Yes. No, no, hold on. Does Gritty actually run the full 5K? Because I'm going to call BS on that. You know, I don't know because they did it, you know, remotely mm -hmm. entirely last year. And so I don't remember if Gritty does the whole thing or not. I question that. But I, I'll find out. I'm yeah. going to dig on that. Well, they're doing it in person as well. So you, you can certainly show up and, and do it yourself and, and see f with your own eyes if Gritty does the whole thing. I can't. I mean, I have a heel spur, so I'm not going to show up if I can't run it. I could walk a 5K, but I can't run it currently. <laughs> oh, I will be walking. I will absolutely be walking. I have old person knees. So 
That's it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We will be back again tomorrow with a preview for our game against the Pens with Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. We will also have a prospect profile of draft eligible prospect Frank Nazar of the USNDP. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ and I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.